Well, if you have a Bible with you or a, a Bible app on an electronic device, I invite you to turn to Matthew uh, chapter 5. All of my scripture this morning is going to be uh, within the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Uh, so it won't, won't require a whole lot of page turning. But uh, I'm calling this Three Pieces of Wisdom. And I want to begin uh, with Matthew 5, uh, beginning with verse 14. Not far after the Beatitudes, that wonderful sermon introduction that Jesus had when he begins this message. Uh, but just, just below that in Matthew 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Uh, I have this lantern. Uh, it's an LED lantern that I bought a few years ago following my first trip to Honduras. If you go to some place like Honduras, you find out pretty quickly that uh, electricity is not as reliable in Central America, or at least in the part of Central America where I was, uh, as it is in the good old U.S. of A. Uh, they don't, a lot of countries around the world don't have our sophisticated uh, infrastructure uh, for electricity and things like that. And so if you're there for about a week or 10 days, as I am sometimes, uh, you can count on there being uh, probably a couple of power outages during your stay. And so this, this little lantern has come in handy on more than one trip uh, to Central America. But what you find is that, you know, uh, as you see it, it's just a, a big block of plastic right now. But if you just pull this open, you know, there's light there. And that's the whole idea that Jesus is sharing here, is let your light shine before others. It's a light, or we would call it a light, a lantern, uh, you know, when it's, when it's closed. But it's not until it's opened and that light begins to shine that it really serves its purpose. And so that's, that's the case with each one of us, is that we're not called... Uh, to be folks who just exist like a big lump of plastic. That we are called to be folks who exist and give light to the world. And what a wonderful opportunity this is uh, in light of COVID-19 and the situation that we're in uh, to, uh, to let our light shine to the people around us. Now, there are different ways you can let your light shine. For example, if you are somebody who has been stockpiling this stuff right here, and, and I get it, you, you weren't sure when this outbreak started, you weren't sure what was going to happen, you're thinking, especially if you ever watched The Walking Dead, you know, this is going to be like the zombie apocalypse. And so there's going to be, uh, there, there's never going to be food on the grocery store shelves ever again. And that all supply chains will be disrupted. The world as we know it has completely upended itself and nothing that we valued will be the same and uh, at least we're going to eat good for a couple of months. And, uh, but what does, what does 
uh, Jesus say in, in Matthew 6 when he is teaching his closest followers how to pray? He says, give us this day our daily bread. He doesn't say, give us this day six weeks worth of bread. He just doesn't do that. And so, uh, no judgment here if you're one of those folks who we've seen the pictures on Facebook and Twitter, the people who had uh, their shopping carts absolutely full and the, the rack on the bottom full of cases of water and stacked, uh, you know, six feet high with cases of toilet paper and paper towels. You know, maybe you are uh, one of those folks who just, you were uncertain. And so you decided that you know, maybe the, the wise thing to do would be to stockpile. And now we realize a week later, two weeks later, that the world is still turning. And so, you know, maybe, maybe you've got several loaves of bread uh, in your deep freezer. You know, wouldn't this be a wonderful time to check on neighbors and to, to say, hey, is there anything I can bring you? And if they, if they chuckle and say, well, not unless you got a loaf of bread, well, then maybe you say, you know, as a matter of fact, I've, I've got one in my, in my freezer, and I can set that out and let it thaw, and I'll bring it to you this afternoon. What a great way to let your light shine before others. And maybe, maybe they laugh and say, well, hey, unless you've got some toilet paper you can spare, one of the members of this congregation knew that we got caught. We only had about three rolls in the house. And, uh, and so uh, I looked a couple places, and Stacy looked three or four places, and we couldn't find any toilet paper. And so uh, one of our elders was kind enough uh, to give us a, a four-pack of Charmin. So we are a blessed people uh, because of uh, him looking out uh, for a, a fellow family in Christ. But uh, I also want us to look at, at uh, in Matthew 6, verses 25 through 27. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? How appropriate are those words Amen. in the time that our planet is experiencing right now? Worry is not going to get us anywhere. Be vigilant. Be wise. Uh, my, my appreciation goes out to every single uh, lay leadership in every church uh, the world over who made that difficult decision not to hold Sunday morning services. Uh, this congregation has existed for over 120 years. And uh, one of our elders said to me, he says, I'm not sure there's ever been a time that we have had to suspend a Sunday morning gathering in our entire history. Now, maybe back during uh, the Spanish flu of 1918 to 1920 or something like that, maybe there was a time in the past that, uh, that they chose not to meet, but we're not aware of that. And so it's not an easy decision. 
But sometimes loving your neighbor takes on different forms. And sometimes it means doing what our health officials in our nation tell us to do and only meet in groups of 10 or less. That that's what loving your neighbor looks like because then you're not meeting in large enough groups that the, the probability of spreading the virus goes way up. And rest assured, I'm not going to be talking about the virus every week when you tune in, but this week it is certainly front and center in the news and in our thoughts. It's going to be in the news for weeks and months to come. Uh, there's no getting around that. But uh, this word of the Lord is going to center around center around the, the, the situation that we are currently in. Uh, and some people are saying things like, you know, we've never seen anything like this before. And, uh, and what I think they really mean is, is that we've not seen anything like this before in recent decades. And for many of us, we haven't seen anything like this before in our lifetimes. And that is true. Uh, but I did a little research and uh, to kind of put things in perspective, uh, some of the great pandemics that the world has seen. Uh, the bubonic plague in the year 541 took out an estimated 50% of Europe's population. Uh, one out of every two people uh, died from the bubonic plague, it's estimated. Uh, the, the second round of plague, known as Black Death, that took place from 1331 to 1353, uh, killed an estimated 75 million people. Uh, the plague, as it was called, the, the third uh, pandemic of the plague, uh, that began in 1855. And it reached parts of western United States uh, as late as about 1900 to 1904 and it killed an estimated 10 million people and then there's the, the aforementioned Spanish flu of 1918 to 1920 just as World War One I, I believe was coming to an end and uh, the estimates are, are varied as to how many people died at the hand of the Spanish flu some estimates on the lower end are 25 to 50 million people worldwide and on the higher end, it's 50 to 100 million people. So our planet, rest assured, has, has seen some, some uh, challenging uh, and deadly pandemics before. And so as of last night, uh, this pandemic worldwide has claimed, I believe, uh, between 12 and 13,000 lives. And so that's 13,000 roughly precious souls that uh, I would much rather were still here. But in the whole scheme of things, uh, not to say that this isn't something that should be taken seriously, because the more we can heed the advice of uh, healthcare officials, then the quicker we can put an end to this. But worrying is not going to do anybody any good, because what does worry do? Worry leads to irrational behavior. It leads to stockpiling loaves and loaves of bread that you can't eat for weeks or even months when we've been told time and time again that the supply chain is intact. There is food. 
And if people will just give it a rest for about a week to 10 days, then the supply chain will catch up with itself and grocery store shelves will look normal again. And so worrying is not going to help this situation. That's the second piece of wisdom here after let your light shine. And then finally, I want to look at Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 24. Jesus says, as He's drawing this Sermon on the Mount to a close, He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now Jesus is concluding his message, and he is saying here, you know, the person who hears these words and actually does what I'm saying, who actually puts them into practice, that person who lets their light shine before others, that person who is, is sharing with others what they have, if they have any extra, that person who is not worrying, who's putting things in realistic and proper perspective, that that person is like the person who builds their house on a rock. And when I hear that word rock, I'm reminded of later on, Matthew 16. Uh, Jesus asks his disciples, well, you know, who, who do the people say I am? And then some were saying, well, you know, some say you're Elijah, and some say you're John the Baptist, and, and, uh, and the people had different things they were saying. And then Jesus looks at them and says, but who do you say I am? And that's where Peter, in the boldness that Peter has, steps forward and says, and says, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus responds, and this, this response is only in Matthew's Gospel. He says, you know, on this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell will not be able to withstand it. And, and I, th I think about that, because what, what foundation he's building on, it's not Peter, as some have come to misunderstand, but that foundation that he's building it on, that, that rock that, that the church is built on, is Peter's confession. Confession that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. And so to those of us who have made that confession, those of us who have been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then we need to live like it. We need to live in such a way that people see our light shining before others. That we live in such a way that people don't see us wringing our hands in absolute fear. That we're taking that opportunity to go out and check on our neighbors, for example. Uh, I cannot take credit for this, but someone I follow on Twitter, he is the managing editor of the Christian Chronicle, Bobby Ross Jr. He lives out in Oklahoma. And uh, he put on Twitter several days ago that 
he said that this did my heart good. And uh, when I got home and saw this on uh, attached to my door, and it's a piece of paper. And uh, now whoever left his did it in like a really bright pink. And so I'm sorry, mine's just on regular old copy paper. But it says, hello neighbor, we are the, and he blacked out the part where they identified themselves by name and their address. But for an example for us, hello neighbor, we are the Smith family uh, from 2nd Avenue. Uh, after the last couple of weeks, it feels like the world is on a wild ride. We want you to know that you aren't alone and we want to help in whatever way we are able. Let us know if you need help. And then there's these bullet points. If you need help picking up pre-ordered groceries, trying to order something online for the first time, if you need someone to talk or pray with you, if you need a hot meal, if you need, yes, a roll of toilet paper, and then they say, depending on worldwide supply, uh, and then they say, or just someone to check in every few days to fight off loneliness. In these challenging times, there is hope with an exclamation point. Feel free to contact us at any time. And then they put their, their name and their cell phone down there below, and they, they indicate you can call or text, whatever you prefer to do. And so uh, when our church family comes this week uh, to pick up uh, communion cups and church bulletins that we have available, uh, they're going to be able to pick up one of these. And they can retype it. Most families uh, have a computer and a printer in their household. But they, they can retype this. And if they can't, then uh, we'll let them fill it out and we'll make copies for them. Uh, but I gave this this past Thursday night. I hosted... A, uh, a prayer meeting. Uh, I wanted to do it for the whole community, but once they said groups of 50 and then groups of 10, I knew I couldn't do it as a community-wide prayer service, but uh, our, my shepherds gave me permission to host other ministers from here in Lewis County, Tennessee, and uh, so uh, I gave a copy of this to every one of them uh, because this isn't something I just want to, to keep for my church family. This is something I want available to every church in, in the Hohenwald and, and Lewis County area. You know, what would it look like if we as Christians, we as, as children of light, if we proliferated something like this throughout the houses of our neighborhoods and all throughout our county? Uh, that is a, a wonderful, inexpensive, and very easy way to show the love of Christ right there, to let our light shine before others. Uh, so as the, the weeks and the months unfold, we don't know how long this is going to be. We don't know what the situation is going to look like. But it's going to continue to be somewhat of a challenge. But this is a time for the people of God to look like the people of God. This is a time for people to show that, that we're, not, we're not panicking. That we're going to be people who are resilient. We're going to be people who are resourceful. We're going to be people who pull together, but then more importantly, we're going to be people who look after our neighbor. And whether looking after your neighbor means not meeting together in large groups to worship, or looking after your neighbor means just getting at the grocery store what your family needs. Looking after your neighbor means uh, printing up these sheets and spreading them around your neighborhood. Uh, looking after your neighbor means 
letting them know, hey, uh, I, I got some extra uh, toilet paper and some extra loaves of bread and maybe some extra canned food, whatever it might be that you might have extra of, and then uh, letting them know that you have that. When we gather together, we typically offer a song of invitation. We will have a couple of more songs this morning, but uh, the situation is that you can't walk the aisle and say, it's time for me to make that great confession that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and be immersed in the waters of baptism. But what you can do uh, is you can contact me. Uh, you can uh, contact me through our, our webpage. Uh, if for the members of our, of our church family or their family members and friends, uh, they will certainly know how to get in touch with me. But uh, there is a, an option on our, on our webpage, hohenwaldchurchofchrist.com, where you can click on the contact us and you can reach out and say, you know, I think I need to talk to someone about, about salvation. And, uh, and then we can start having that conversation. Or maybe you're watching this because you usually worship with another church family, but they don't have the opportunity to have a streaming service like this. And so uh, maybe you reach out to your own minister or one of your own lay leaders and talk to them about salvation. And so whatever that might look like for you, I encourage you to do it if that's what, if that's what is needed in your life. Uh, we're going to sing a song and then we'll have our closing prayer. And then as per our long-standing tradition here at the Hohenwald Church of Christ, we're going to sing a song of dismissal. I pray that this time uh, spent viewing this has been a, the blessing to you that we have intended it for it to have intended for it to be.